0: Hello and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Sunday, April 9th, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my neighbor Max. How's it going, my friend?
1: I'm not allowed to say because this is a special episode, not a regular episode. We're keeping it strictly sports on this one.
0: Holy smokes. Get ready, folks. There is going to be a deep dive into the NBA, which wrapped up its regular season uh, this afternoon. So we are coming to you Sunday evening after all the games have been played. The play and matchups have been set and there's plenty to comb through and dissect from a long and eventful season that we're looking to break down for you on the pod today.
1: That's right. Looking forward to it. So we're going to get after how the regular season unfolded in terms of our expectations versus reality going I don't know if we'll go 1 through 15, 1 through 10, bit of both, pick and choose, uh, but just talk about most of the teams, at least a couple sentences, and what their major storylines were for this season. We're going to pick the Sports Next Door NBA 2023, 20, excuse me, yeah, 2023 awards for the regular season, all the standards with maybe a couple changes, and then we're going to wrap up with a preview of the play-in tournament as those matches have been set. But first, the regular season. Do you want to go east or west to start, O?
0: Oh, goodness. Uh, Well, I think we can go east to start, as most of their games wrapped up in the earlier window uh, today. And it feels like it's been set just slightly longer than the west in terms of the playoff matchups.
1: That's right. So... I didn't have the time to dig up our regular season prediction video. I I know we had a lot of similarity in our picks, uh, so I'll base mine off of yours and then see what I can remember. I do know we got the top three right, though in the incorrect order. I think I had it 76ers, Bucks, Celtics.
0: Uh, Yes, that's also the way I had it. So I yeah
1: so the regular season ends with the bucks 58 24 the celtics 57 and 25 and the 76ers 54 and 28. we both had the 76ers at the top so got it a little wrong there but i think and we also had the celtics at the bottom of that three So two things we got wrong that were pretty apparent in the first month of the NBA season. The Celtics came out way hotter, way better than expected with a new coach and missing Robert Williams. And the 76ers came out way slower. Both of those somewhere around December kind of reverted back to the mean with the 76ers picking it up in play and the Celtics uh, returning a bit to normal. One comparison that really interests me for the celtics is if you look at their regular season it really reminds me of last year's golden state warriors who come out of the gates blazing hot cool down make sure the injuries they have to get clay thompson back into the lineup and healthy uh, and then they go and have a pretty smooth run through the playoffs so i wonder if that was on any of the celtics mind um and the 76ers not really getting a lot of talk as legitimate championship finals contenders and the bucks quietly at the top of the east and the top of the league so i don't know which of those stories you want to take a run on
0: oh well the celtics are a fascinating team to dive into just like you said because of that big coaching change and the whole blow up regarding ime udoka they bring in joe Mazzula, who. We'll talk about coach of the year a little bit later. He's definitely in that mix, um, but probably had the strongest team out of all of the candidates that are that are in there. And as much as the Celtics fans have not enjoyed some of his coaching performances this season, his uh, aversion to timeouts, the frequent clapping, uh, he has stepped in and gotten this team to the second best record in in the league and has been really successful. and this Celtics team, the continuity is very important, and they all just play so well together. jason Tatum is is an MVP ballot candidate. And, like you said, they started the season eighteen and four, uh, set themselves off on a good pace and and they had some scuffles. They worked through some things. But, they're going to their top six is as good as anyone's come playoff time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the conference finals. And from there, who knows what, what, what lies ahead. Uh, so the Celtics, a fascinating team to watch the Sixers work through some of the Harden injuries. Um, James Harden hasn't missed the playoffs now in all 14 of his seasons playing in the NBA, just a cool stat there for him. And then the bucks two undefeated months, they go six and zero in October. Ten and zero in February, and again, just a team that you put it in autopilot, and they just go and win games regardless who's out on the floor. Uh, and and they have a couple of defensive player of the year candidates. They'll be all over the awards as we come up, um, and it's just it's it's rinse and repeat for them at this point. So there's not really much to talk about there, uh, other than Giannis is once again a, a spectacular season from him.
1: Yeah, the one thing. For the bucks with me is just that they these last couple months have been the first time in a while that they've been fully healthy as a team yeah. uh, missing lopez most of last year missing middleton in the playoffs last season as well as a lot of this season uh, heading into the playoffs like as you said we know the players we know the level they bring uh, maybe we've forgotten a little what the sum of all those parts can be and how they can be a little more. Um, so that's going to be very exciting. I mean, of course, you can't look down on the best team in the league come playoff time.
0: Harden other- and Harden and Tatum are going to hate that Ingles, Crowder, Matthews, Middleton, Holiday mishmash of people. They're just a bunch of dogs on on defense. And ingles crowder i don't know if they still have the same step that maybe they had two three years ago but they are going to pull out all the tricks to the trade to make those guys lives very uncomfortable
1: <laughs> yeah that that bucks celtics third round has been amazing every time we've gotten to see it and it would certainly be a, um a prime matchup for this one The one other thing i wanted to throw in about the celtics before we move on is you said one through six as good as anyone I think seven through 10 may be better than anyone else is the other terrifying part they've got they've had crazy bench depth at times this season um I I don't know the farther you go into the playoffs the less that matters but in terms of the first round matchup uh in terms of garbage time minutes in terms of having a 10 15 20 point lead and not being ready to check out of the game, but maybe wanting to keep your star players a little fresher, um, that deep bench is gonna bring dividends for them as well. Um, I know I got this next pick right. Cleveland Cavaliers, number four. Uh, They swing big in the off season for Donovan Mitchell. And I think for me, it goes about exactly as expected, a 50 win team. Uh, this last stretch down the season, they had a chance at catching the 76ers for the third spot. They finished three wins behind them. So not too shabby at all. Um, The farther you go in your progression, the harder it is to take that next step. And I think that's going to be a problem that confronts this team next year. Um, But this season did exactly as they were supposed to, in my opinion, though.
0: Yeah, no, they... They've taken a step forward. Garland and Mitchell are two fabulous guards, and Mitchell's going to get some love here as we, we talk about awards here at the end. And Evan Mobley's taken another step forward, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be very difficult to score against this team in the playoffs. Isaac Okoro uh, has been shooting it better as of late and is no longer a liability out there shooting the corner three, but they'll kind of rotate through who is going to be that fifth person in the in the lineup come playoff time. They were unbeatable at home, thirty one and nine record. They were below five hundred on the road, though. So something to watch here uh, as as they had in their first round series with the Knicks and struggled against some of the other stronger teams in the east went eight and ten against the Atlantic Conference or Atlantic Division, who all five of those teams uh, made either the playoffs or the play in. Uh, obviously, the Raptors being the last place team in that division. But, something to keep an eye on they're one of the the best stories of the season after starting off so well falling into the play in last year with the injuries and they just got right back to form plus uh, the added addition of a mvp ballot candidate in donovan mitchell
1: and moving on to the knicks i know i had them in the playoffs i i can't remember i think it was somewhere between 10 and 7 47 35 um a, a little above my expectations randall got that spring back in his step yeah. um i i oh god it's way too early in the podcast to be blanking on names and i know i've messed this one up as well brunson i yeah. knew brunson was fantastic uh i wasn't sure if he'd be consistent which he was um but and they finish above the Brooklyn Nets, which I don't think anyone would have predicted at the start of this regular season. Uh, so I'd say above expectation seasons regular season for the Knicks.
0: Yeah, they've uh, they've been really great, um, both home on the road. They they struggled at home earlier on, and and were able to figure that out. And then after the All Star game, went fourteen and seven, which was a big. Uh, pick up, obviously they got Josh Hart at the trade deadline that really solidified their rotation. And they started to get some really good consistent minutes out of guys like Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Top, and Mitchell Robinson. Like that younger core is finally stepping into their own. And we'll see Quickly mentioned in the six-man-of-the-year ballots here, but the the Knicks really uh, had a consistent season. Randall followed that Siakam trajectory of a of an all-NBA year, a really down year, and now he's he's back to being a Randall from, from two seasons ago, and it's cool to see that turnaround. Um, it's going to be a really exciting first-round series that they've got.
1: Along to the Nets, a team we have touched on with the drama and the performance a couple times through these last couple months, so not a whole lot new to say. Um, I, I don't... Obviously, a very different looking team with very different expectations and goals here at the end of the regular season than at the start of the regular season. So it's tough to talk about um, performing versus expectations. Um, But overall, I think we both were pretty impressed with what they managed to make of the situation of having their both their star players wanting to leave. Um, Obviously, there does end up being that dip uh they fall a couple places down since making those trades but just in terms of like fundamental basketball this team has like everything but a real bona fide center and like in this superstar try new things kind of crazy era there's just something satisfying about rooting for that uh so stealing my heart a little the nets 45 and 37 regular season they finished sixth the last team um out of the play-in so maybe that a big win at least that in the last 10 or so games they were able to protect that spot from the miami heat i I don't have an above or below expectations for them though
0: yeah well yeah it's it's kind of rendered a no result due to the big trade i would say mccall bridges is very close to falling into that star conversation He has averaged over 25 points per game since joining the Brooklyn Nets. It's just been a monster on both sides of the floor. I think um, I'm bullish on the fight that this team can give the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. And so Bridges has really been the key story, a massive piece to get in that trade. And he's been fantastic. And uh, and the Nets, despite all that, go 11 and 12 post trade or post All Star break. So that's kind of indicative of where this team is at. Uh, But they have guys to throw at James Harden. Really, it's just going to be, can you keep Embiid under 40 each night? That's going to be what this first round series is.
1: Yeah, that Claxton-Embiid matchup is favors Embiid, but like Claxton's such a scrappy
0: he's, defensive he's a, player. He's a good rim protector against guy is smaller than him but mb yeah. is going to pulverize him it's, it's just a different weight class it,
1: it's just going to be like can you put up three or four blocks it a game like beside those 40 points that mb is throwing the other way and uh will those be difference makers when you look back um, but it's going to be a fun series uh also like dorian finney smith dinwiddie both on that mavericks team that went deep uh guys who were able to walk in and be clutch at moments in the playoffs I, i i hadn't thought about this before but i i think probably the number one series in the east to watch in the first round um okay the heat 44 and 38 i feel like i had them fifth or sixth in my predictions so they stay above 500 7th place. They're going to have to play the Hawks uh, to make it into the playoffs. Feels like a disappointment if you're a Heat fan.
0: Yeah, especially given their performance against the Eastern Conference went 23-28 and 28 on the season. Most of their wins coming against the West. The big story for this season for the Heat really is, again, injuries, Butler missing time, Adebayo missing time. Uh they they just continue to put together lineups that scrap together wins. They played the most uh games that finished within a three-point margin out of anyone in the league. Wow. And in those games they went 14 and 8. Oh. Huh. So it just shows you the, the clutch nature of this team. Obviously, Jimmy Butler will be in consideration for the clutch player of the year, uh, but as well just the, the team's ability. They don't they don't play many blowout games and they're gonna keep things close. I think Celtics fans are slightly terrified of the prospect of of potentially facing them in the first round uh, because of, of the playmakers that they have when things get tight and, and their defensive ability to keep games tight.
1: Yeah, and two teams that have played some pretty competitive, pretty tight, Playoffs series in the past two to three years most of those happening in the second or third all of those happening in the second or third round uh so definitely a sub-ideal first round matchup um they will play the atlanta hawks for the play-in game which we will talk about towards the end of this podcast but the hawks go 41 and 41 a perfect 500 season um it, it does feel like i touched on this earlier with the cavaliers but when you've taken that first step that second step uh you're supposed to keep moving forward and it feels like this team has been stalled or plateaued in the same tier for a number of years now uh i i don't know if the murray yeah i guess i'll ask you did the murray trade move the needle for this team this year
0: i have literally nothing to say about the atlanta hawks this season (laughs) i think they have been the most boring Mm -hmm. vanilla team there's not been a ton of content other than nate mcmillan losing his job and quinn snyder coming in um but murray is is just one of those guys the same thing in san antonio where he puts up numbers but he doesn't splash out like other of these top stars so um he's an intensely valuable player but really doesn't catch my eye frequently enough. And Trey young is, it's the same stuff this year, but slightly reduced because he doesn't get those same foul calls. And, uh, they're the definition of mediocre, right? They've officially gone 500 now for what, obviously the entire season, but even like they seem to win and lose every game in consecutive order. Uh, and so the definition of mediocrity, 500 record, I, uh, yeah, nothing inspirational to say about Atlanta. I can't remember
1: if they made it to 41 and 39 and then lost the last two or it occurred a little differently. If they, if they were at 41 and 40, then since January, they have been within one game of 500, a truly miraculous feat of mediocrity by the Hawks. Uh, finished with the exact same record as them at 41 and 41. Our Toronto Raptors... I, I went optimistic at the start of the season. I looked at all the pieces and I thought if they all clicked, if they all got on the same wavelength, uh, this could be a top five, top six team in the East. Um, They showed flashes of that ability, but overall for me, a pretty disappointing regular season. I don't have a lot of playoff hopes for them. Um. Yeah, just a good defensive team that still needs to figure out its half-court offense. Um, Barnes with a bit of a sophomore slump. OG Ananobi takes a big step forward. You mentioned the Pascal Siakam trajectory. Um, Gary Trent Jr. not really, I mean, out for these last bits, but he uh, had a pretty inconsistent series as well. The Jakob Purdle pickup was big, and if they can get everything under contract, that's some optimism for next year. Uh, That's a lot to say for a team that I don't have a lot of expectations of or hopes towards for the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, again, it's a pretty uninspiring season for the Raptors. From an outside perspective, listening to the US talk about this team, uh, there's a perception of dysfunction and hostility in the locker room, and and from new If you listen to only the U.S. outlets, Nick Nurse is gone at the end of this season. Like it's, yeah, I, it's been glossed over and in, in kind of rose-colored glasses here in Toronto of how the situation appears. Uh, but once a coach's salary gets leaked, it's usually never a good sign. And and the, yeah, just three three records. I'll throw at you, Max. On the road, the Raptors went fourteen and twenty-seven. Uh, against the Atlantic division, their rivals, they went four and 12. And then I mentioned the Miami heat's record in close games, 14 and eight, the rappers went four and 10 in games decided by three points or less, just, and and we felt that too, anecdotally, just in those games, blowing leads, not being able to come through. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I'm excited for some of what the young players on this team hold, but it's, it's going to be a rough couple of years. Cause it's they've really bought into this wing depth but they don't have that next level creator that some of these teams uh that have now vaulted them in the standings uh hold
1: when it seems like all the pieces are there and it's just not clicking i think that is the time you start thinking about coaching switches change-ups and just hope to get a different look from the same layers and I, at times i'm a big fan of nurses coaching but The two things that have really stood out to me this season is if one guy is a step behind in his defensive schemes, the whole system falls apart and someone ends up getting an open three or an open look at the net, and he really does not give enough development time to these young guys for a team that has been as bad as the Raptors has this season. You look at all those losses, and then you look at the minutes guys like Coloco and Flynn played in. Those games, not just this season with Flynn, you can look back at other seasons and you look at the players they are now and the potential ceiling outlook on them. And you think, like in these 500, sub 500 seasons, if these guys had gotten more looks on the court, at the ball, at situations, uh, maybe those outlooks would be a bit higher. So, love Nurse for what he did with the championship run, but uh, I'm feeling not too bitter at the thought of parting and switching it up and trying something else um the defense really i I feel like just like it risked too much with the pieces that we had and um you've got to confine those strategies to when certain five guys are on the court
0: yeah it's a team that i'm extremely worried about heading into luckily host a home playing game here against the chicago bulls who's next on our list but when it just comes down to it you look at what this chicago team has done since the uh all-star break 13 and 9 on the season 9 and 6 in the month of march with uh with levine and back fully healthy and producing at a high level both scoring uh, upwards of 24 points per game just just two teammates who are really in sync and operating at a high level and this Bulls team has played great defense through the majority of the season. The offense has finally started to come around. So the the Raptors are going to be in tough here. And I think you want to keep this game close and make it a slugfest. But at the same time, if you're going shot for shot, Levine and DeRozan are two guys who can create uh, almost as well as anyone in the league. So if, you, if you're the Raptors, you want to apply defensive pressure early. Uh, get get the ball turned over and then try and maintain a cushion for the majority of the game. You don't want it going down to a last shot uh, against the mid range assassin on your on your home floor. A guy you you know so very well.
1: Yeah, you touched on a lot of the important points on the Bulls' season so far. Um, the really big disappointment coming, just the continual no news or bad news on the Lonzo Ball knee situation. Um. A disappointing year for the bulls who 538 didn't even have making the play item we both correctly predicted that they would um so it, it's just to show us something fight for pride how long can you go season so we'll talk quickly about the rest of the east after this break right so the five teams in the east not finishing in the play in the indiana pacers the washington wizards the orlando magic who finish 35, 35, and 34 wins on the season. And then the Charlotte Hornets, Detroit Pistons, who finished 27-17. 17. 17. Yeah. The Pacers showed a flash, I think it was in November, of how this team might look. They're not able to keep up that consistency and fall out. But of these five, definitely the ones who I see the most immediate optimism for. Uh, The Orlando Magic, not far behind that. Uh, I think the one unanimous award this season seems to be Paulo Banchero for Rookie of the Year. Uh, So I would say optimism if you're in those two franchises. If you're on the Wizards or the Hornets, much less so. Um, As you mentioned, 17 wins for the Pistons. No Kate Cunningham for most of that season. You just cross your fingers on those Webby sweepstakes uh, there.
0: Yeah, I think out of the teams remaining, uh, Detroit would definitely be the most fun Wenbanyama team to have him with Ivy and Cunningham. That would be a very fun trio that all fit together really well basketball-wise. The Hornets are just... Like, MJ needs to sell that team. They need a fresh go of it. It's It's rough there. And then Orlando, I think, and Indiana are probably the two most fun teams out of that bottom five. Indiana, of course, was... In the playoff picture, uh, before Halliburton got hurt, and then they decided to kind of turn off the ignition and let it free fall. But they've got quite a bit of creation in that backcourt, which is really fun. And uh, another team that Wen Binyam would be perfect for to help sort out the, the front court, just with Miles Turner being there, but maybe a little bit outside of their timeline, who knows. And then for the Wizards, it's just nice to see a uh, a rejuvenation for Chris Epps Porzingis. He had a solid season and Kyle Kuzma really coming into his own as a guy that you could potentially lean on to be your third or fourth creator on a really strong team. He had a, he had a good season. Um, and then of course that magic team just really fun with all the length they were able to throw uh, with another potential top 10 pick. If they can add to Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs, Bank of course, uh, it, it, and, and Bulbul running at the center of all that as as the point guard potentially. It's just it's it's a fun team that played with some energy this year, and you can see them starting to trend upwards.
1: All right, we move along to the West now. So, our my top three was definitely way way more off in the West. Uh, so it looks like the Nuggets the grizzlies and the kings with 53 51 and 48 wins respectively i think i had it something
0: like the warriors the clippers and the nuggets yep those were my top three as well now let's give us credit we got 19 of 20 teams that made playoffs or play-in
1: i i took the kings out of the play-in so okay 18 for me
0: so where i missed was i had the mavericks instead of the thunder but um Right there. We were right there in terms of understanding the top 20-ish teams in the league.
1: I will say before we go team by team, we started this season talking about the East as the more competitive, the more fun. Uh, I I think the West took back that mantle somewhere in the last two months. I I can't quite put my finger on when, but suddenly the bottom of the West took on that uh, dynamic that the that was there in the mid-east at the start of the season
0: yeah i'd, I'd say the east is still the stronger conference but in terms of competitive parity uh the west certainly takes the cake on that one
1: yeah so the nuggets finishing with the top record uh we knew they would do better Nikola jokic has simply been in another stratosphere uh with an injured team the previous two seasons and with the return of jamal murray it goes more or less as expected uh in terms of the boost and not a lot more to say than that personally till we get to yeah, awards well, at least
0: even more than murray returning you had a full season of michael porter jr and then uh, of course the additions of bruce brown contavious caldwell pope uh uh zeke nagy coming into a role of his own now. Christian Brown, a great first year performance from the rookie. The the pieces fit better and they played more defense in Denver. And however successful the season they had, Nicole Jokic, if there's an offensive player of the year, he would run away with it. Just simply magnificent what he's able Hmm. to do on that end of the floor. But there's some warning signs for this Nuggets team as we enter the playoffs here, eight and 10 in their final 18 games of the season. And actually a negative record on the road. So 33 and seven at home. And it's great for them because they're going to be the one seed through the Western playoffs and have those four home games. But uh, really, really interesting to see that they struggled on the road and, and there are some holes that you can poke in this team. I think the whole West is wide open, which is really, really exciting. Um, Yeah. Biggest story. There is just another incredible season from Jokic and he's right in the conversation there to be, uh, to join a really, really historic twosome, to have a three-time MVP in a row.
1: Number two, the Memphis Grizzlies. As we said, 51 wins on the season. I, I thought other teams in the West would outperform these guys. Uh, so an above expectations season for me, uh, bravo by the Grizzlies. To it, It's one thing to peak as a young team, But to sustain that over a second year uh, is a whole nother level of impressive. So well done.
0: Yeah, really fun team. Again, they're just built for the regular season with pieces on pieces galore. Everyone jumping in contributing at a high level. And uh, unfortunately, the biggest story of this season for them was the the Ja Morant antics and situation that we are through now. And he seems to be (laughs) at least... Repentant and ready to focus purely on basketball.
1: I do not think this is going away anytime in the next five no. years.
0: But he was the beneficiary of some rest in the season that might help them in the playoffs. And, uh, and another team that you can poke a couple of holes in as the two seed 35 yeah. and six at home. Wow. It is tough to go in and win in Memphis, but 16 and 24 on the road. And then we're talking about those close games, Max. Three and six. They only played in nine games decided by three points or less in the season. Went three and six in those games. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what what that looks like when they are going to be playing one of these four playoff teams or playing teams that each of them has a late game assassin of sorts and 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 game manager. Uh, and, and will John ja Morant be the the better of that matchup? Come playoff time
1: yeah you you feel like as the whistles get tighter he has a play style that loses out on that no stephen adams also going to be tough mm, for
0: the grizzlies yep. we especially get to... if they get the lakers in the first round that's a lot of size to deal with
1: yeah yeah there's really no ideal i i guess i'd, I'd probably hope for the timberwolves or the pelicans um
0: yeah probably timberwolves you'd want the most because John Morant's going to just make mincemeat out of Gobert in that matchup.
1: Yeah. We get to number three, your favorite, feel-good. I don't want to put words in your mouth. The Beam team, the Kings, a team I didn't even pick to make the play in. So I will happily shovel my words back down my throat on that one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis come out at All-NBA level of talent. Um the depth and drafting this team has done shows through over the years. I mentioned Sabonis some, some briefly, but that I really thought they got annihilated in that trade with the Pacers. And again, I eat my words. So yeah. a complete shock for me, the Sacramento Kings. I think less so for you.
0: I When I tell you, I hovered over that checkout button on the beam team jerseys. I was I was about two seconds away of getting that shipped to American address and then picking that up sometime this summer <laughs> to rock the Sacramento Kings jerseys. Shout out to the Kings Herald podcast for that concept. Those are really cool. This team has been really fun. I got to see them beat the Lakers live at Crypto.com Arena. They are a historic offense in terms of productivity. Keegan Murray setting the rookie three-point scoring record uh, with the number of threes made, he was an awesome draft pick that they finally hit on. I mean, besides Fox, of course, but they finally hit on another top pick after having so many, right? 20 years of lottery picks, and and they finally hit on a couple that mm-hmm. fit together. Kevin Herter was an awesome signing for them. And then Malik Monk as well has been an awesome microwave off the bench. And, and Sabonis and Fox, the fit is just great there. Uh, and they con- complement each other so well. Darren Fox is the runaway clutch player of the year favorite. Uh, there's no real argument there, and and it bears out um, just in in the way that they were able to produce. It, it's a fantastic team that got continuously doubted, even at the All Star break. They went 32 and 25. They were right in that mix, and then everyone was talking about their strength of schedule. Heating up and some of their tough matchups. They had to play Phoenix three times. Maybe given the Kevin Durant injury, but still went sixteen and eight after the All Star break and and finished the season out strong. And they're going to be a team everyone wants to play in the first round because of the playoff pressure that comes with having not made it since two thousand and four. But it's, I mean, it's just gravy now for Kings fans. They're really going to enjoy this ride and and what a fun season it was for them. I think,
1: ridiculous prices for those playoff tickets. Uh, Maybe especially not being sure if you see a second round. And a big part of that discussion of teams wanting to see the Sacramento Kings is the team directly below them, the number four Phoenix Suns, who finished the season 45 and 37. Um, Coming off a historic level of regular season success last year and an even more historic level of game seven disappointment in the second round this is actually about where i had the suns pegged to finish i didn't think teams tend to prioritize regular season success differently after having a type of year like that and chris paul getting older as well factors into that Kevin durant arriving on this team did not factor into my predictions um so in terms of performance right where i thought in terms of playoff window you really can't pick against this team to see the finals again
0: yeah what a what a fascinating side of the playoff bracket in the west i'd say maybe my personal three top favorites to win the or win the western conference are all ending up on that one eight four five bracket with the Nuggets and then the Suns and Clippers playing each other. I'm kind of surprised the Clippers played Kawhi and and some of their starters today and didn't try to lose to slide into that sixth spot to play the Kings. But uh, they win that game. They set themselves up for a 4-5 matchup. That is going to be a really fun one. And and the Phoenix Suns overall, like Paul, Booker, Aiton, really solid during the year. Bridges, uh, Thomas, or sorry... Cam Johnson were there uh, and and they kept that continuity going and they decided to yard sale it. Matt Ishbia comes in, presses the big red button and says, if you have a chance to go and get a top 16 player of all time, you go get him and, and you let the rest figure itself out. And it was a massive price to pay. But most of the time, when you have an opportunity to get that guy, you pay the price and and Phoenix is the favorites betting wise. And, yeah, I'm just fascinated to see how they're going to handle this, this playoff run now. It, it is an all-or-nothing move with Durant and Paul later into their stages of their career, but they definitely have the best four on paper out of any of these teams they're going up against.
1: Yeah, I also think um, the injury prevalence of Durant has to be continually mentioned. He misses more games than he plays for the suns since they've acquired him and i I, I think it's no sure thing that he does play um going back or i guess we can just move on to the clippers Mm -hmm. here who finished fifth at 44 and 38 i like i'm not certain if i if i die on this hill but i kind of like the go-getter mentality like get your tougher playoff matchup done with earlier And then let it be gravy in the third round. Uh, Come into the fourth round, like really rolling with momentum. If you can win that first round, then it like every matchup from there is going to be less precarious seeming going in. And that's going to be a lot of confidence uh, to roll with. So for the Clippers, it, it felt like the first couple months, Kawhi Leonard's time as an NBA player was done. Uh, was the read I had, but he returns. He returns in minutes. He returns in form. He returns so in stats. He looks to be back. No, Paul George. This um, for now. This team. We still like haven't really gotten that many looks at that Leonard George duo. Uh, the lid kept pretty tight. the medical info there so i wouldn't be shocked to just hear a loge bomb sometime in the next week that he will be returning um but i think a team we both had top three so all that said a bit below expectations in terms of performance but it feels like they weathered the adversity early on and put it together more in the later season which is much 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 preferable to the latter or the opposite occurrence so interested to see what this team brings heading into the playoffs
0: yeah i don't have much to add other than they kind of consolidated their pieces um into a couple of things that fit their rotation westbrook seems to be yeah he's a been lot better solid. fit than people thought and it provides I, a ton of energy, but I mean it's still left to be seen how it's gonna ha- how it's gonna work for them in the playoffs.
1: Man, those two threes he hit against the Lakers in their game last Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> um yeah, no, he's done really well with the Clippers and on a veterans buyout minimum contract, it it's been a steal for them. Uh so Good on Paul George for having the courage to push for that and good on the Clippers' office for going with it. Bit of a feel-good story after a tumultuous few years, depending on how much of a Laker fan and Westbrook hater you are there. Um, but but that's, that Westbrook-Durant matchup is going to be really fun in the playoffs as well, um, besides the Kawhi-Durant offense defense matchup that i'm sure we'll get plenty of looks at which i I said in the east uh 76ers versus nets for my best series like there's no question it's suns clippers eh Mm -hmm. in the west Yeah. yeah all right that said we can move along to the sixth place team the team i picked to finish first in the western conference whoops the Golden State Warriors tie the Clippers with a 44 and 38 record bit of everything this season uh well after a one of the most unique starts i think any nba team has ever had to a regular season um i don't know if you're going to hit me with their road record but that's certainly relevant some injuries to curry pool really struggling with the refs dedication to kind of try and maybe call carries a little more often um the young players not fitting into the system as hoped wiggins absence which seems to be over Uh, a lot of different narratives to touch on with this team i i haven't looked but i imagine they're still towards the top end of the betting favorites in the nba finals uh
0: against the yeah they'll play the kings eh yep and that's gonna be a fun series yeah so they they pulled the shoot on Wiseman they're bringing Gary Payton who they know fits in their team and and if Wiggins comes back I think it's gonna take him a couple games to get adjusted but when he's there that's the best five-man unit statistically in the league
1: And he was so key for them all playoffs last season. And when he can shut the other guy's team best down, that wasn't a proper sentence, but you know what I meant. (laughs) Uh, And that Warriors offense runs smoothly. Well, we saw what happens last year.
0: Yeah, they had to they had to win games down the stretch, right? They were in that play in around the the all-star break. They go 14 9 to finish the season. They capture that six seed, lock up a spot, and they gotta feel very happy about a first round series against Sacramento, which is not too far from where they currently reside. And with that 10 and 30 road record. Yeah. The that... fourth worst road record in the league. The only teams with the worst road record are the worst three teams in the league, Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit, right? So really, really bad. And some people think the Draymond Punch played into that. But if you're to pick any team to go on the road against, Sacramento is is up there in terms of proximity. And and you wonder, they'll get to spend as much time at home as, as they possibly could. Uh, and so it's, yeah. I'm I'm fascinated to see how this playoff matchup works out, and if Wiggins come back and is solid, then they have set themselves up really well on that 2-7-3-6 that side of the bracket.
1: Yeah, it is going to be a narrative, though, every time they play on the road for probably the whole playoff series, regardless of how far they go. We move along to the number seven team, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think right around where we had them um, a very different looking team from when the season started, but we basically said Davis and James too good to pick against making the playoffs, regardless of who's around them. That seemed actually to be not true, um, or at least they were too injured to be relevant enough to bring their team into the play-in. But I think the best team since the trade deadline, some big moves made there uh, totally rejuvenates. Rejuvenates is not the word. What's the word for just eliminating a body and alchemy in another body into the, into that space? Uh, because that is how different this team looks from the start of the regular season. Uh, one playing game against the Timberwolves to cement their playoff chances. It's not a slam dunk, no pun intended, um, but yeah i i really don't know what to say about this team uh it 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 seems like if everything goes well there's going to be a lot of momentum and it's going to be hard to stop and we've mostly seen everything go well these last two months so i'm sort of holding my breath waiting for one of the parts to start working and
0: then to see if it all falls apart so many holes in this team but you look, second best record in the league since the All Star break. And guys that fit together, and you still have two of the top 15 players in the league, right? And LeBron in a playoff game, however much of a step he's lost, he saves fuel in the tank for some special performances. And he showed it off today. The three-point stroke looks good. He hit eight threes today in the, in the regular season finale. They are set up well against this Minnesota team that doesn't play a ton of defense and is very dysfunctional, as evidenced by the Rudy Gobert punch of Kyle Anderson in the huddle, full-on team brawl. The Lakers are in a good spot in this play-in situation. The Westbrook subtraction was an addition, and they somehow managed to turn one first-round pick into Beasley, Russell, and Vanderbilt, which has it's it's a top three trade this season in terms of effectiveness for a team. And so, can they play enough defense in the game that matters? Do they have enough depth in that five through seven spot to give? Either the Grizzlies or the Nuggets are run for their money if they do end up grabbing a playing spot. Similar to the Warriors. They've done enough to put themselves in a position where if they can win this playing game, the 3-6-2-7 side of the bracket, they would would pick themselves. I'll say it diplomatically like that. The Lakers would pick themselves in any series against those other three teams. Uh, Not sure I would, but they definitely would. And that means something. Uh, and it's just quite a turnaround from when started the season two and 10. Yeah.
1: For this Timberwolves team, I do think the defensive potential is really there to shut another team down. Uh, Edwards and McDaniels can just clamp your best guys on the perimeter. And Gobert is a black hole in the paint against offense. <laughs> as uh, he has been exploited endlessly throughout the playoff or yeah throughout the playoffs it might be really fun no excuse me yeah no it might be really fun to watch d'angelo Russell try and do that uh not as fun as it would have been to watch conley try and do that though but when you swing as big as they did on Gobert this past offseason, and you have a situation like what unfolded this week with the punch, regardless of Anthony Edwards taking a quietly big step forward, uh, and I think that being the biggest success story of the Timberwolves, it feels like overall this season a disappointment for Minnesota.
0: Yeah. The footage today was not great for them. But Anthony Edwards in that all NBA conversation and they now have Towns and go bear healthy, didn't work for them to start the year. Right. But, uh, yeah, I really can't, I can't say too much about this team. It's very similar to Hawks where they play mediocre basketball. Um, I actually thought they would do a little bit better and I just don't see how this team gets better for the future right? Because this is the best really Gobert is going to be. It's not going to be better than this next year. Towns is not ever going to be a defensive presence. And so it's Edwards plus what else you can gather around him. Yeah, I I just, they're going to have to make something happen here in this play in tournament and try and make some noise. Otherwise I I just see more mediocrity coming their way.
1: A team that was able to make some noise in the play-in tournament last season, the New Orleans Mm -hmm. Pelicans, finished tied with the Timberwolves at a 42-40 and record for the ninth spot for the Pelicans. There was a lot of hype on this team coming into the regular season. The first month really bore fruit for that hype, and then pretty much disappointment ever since. I have flip-flopped so many times on my opinion of zion williamson that i truly do not know what to think anymore
0: um, just so disappointing that he's not playing that's my biggest takeaway from this
1: re- re- but like is it is it chronic or is it bad luck is what i keep flipping flopping on like is mm-hmm. this gonna work or is it over but like it felt like it was over this time last year like we're looking at the games played at, versus game sat out we were looking at uh the shape his body was in and and it just seemed like if if we've seen this many years and it hasn't worked out and then their season starts this year and he's playing he's playing well don't believe the shit you see online but then sure enough we're right back to where we were before and basically have one more year of the exact same data to throw in the prosecution of uh zion williams sin's potential uh outside of that there have been a lot of little things that have been fun for the pelicans but in a western conference that has kind of unanimously taken a step forward uh they fall a bit behind here
0: 23 and 13 to start the year right when they had a fully healthy team and people were finally announcing their arrival and then they went three and 13 over their next 16 games. And fell down to 500 and haven't been able to pull themselves out of there since. There's some great pieces there, man. And some more picks on their way from the AD trade. But Ingram's been awesome. McCollum, is, he gives you exactly what what you expect. Same with Jonas Valanciunas. And then you've got Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels. Uh, and, and guys that, that can give you some defensive presence. It's just... Zion is the missing piece. Of this yeah. team right now, and uh, it's so unfortunate that we're not going to see him. Makes things way less fun and exciting, and uh, I I could see them very easily losing this this next game here in the play into the also very very fun story of the season, Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: The tank has finally blown out its wheels. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, after edging it. All season sitting around that 500 mark, never take the plunge below it, and manage to squeak their way into the 10th place, a 40 and 42 record. Um, yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander really takes that big step forward. The youth, this team has been playing together for a while. A, a team I actually don't have that much to say on, so I'll let you take it over.
0: Shay is is going to be in our awards conversation for sure. He has really taken a step forward. Really, really impressive stuff from him. Scoring and playmaking. Uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Jalen Williams, standout rookie player who got better as the year went along. He is an athletic freak. And even without Chet Holmgren, a really fun season for this Oklahoma City Thunder team who we thought would continue to tank, but now they have some picks and some cohesion of a team like a legitimate foundation of a team that you now see right they have shay they have dort they have giddy they have jalen williams they have chet when he's back some of these pieces fit together and are looking nice and they play with a ton of tempo right it's this classic young team average age 22.8 years and they just run, and then they run back, and then they run the other way. And it's it's chaos, but it's so much fun. They'll put up 150, and then they'll give up 150. And that's exactly what you want for a team in the play. You want that variance. Uh, and And it's going to be an entertaining show. And somehow they were able to sneak in the back door ahead of the Dallas Mavericks, who kind of kick off our final five here in the West. Dallas, Utah, Portland, Houston, and San Antonio. The Mavericks tanking their way. They decided to pull the shoot and they get into that top 10 protection. So they will get their pick for this year with some, uh, investigation coming up by the league based on their attempt to tank in, in, uh, Friday's game when they sat their entire team, basically a really disappointing season for Kyrie and Luca. Uh, they went seven and 14 post all-star break. Just not great from them. Um, And the rumors are going to start now that Luca could be on his way out as we look ahead for his his contract extension and then what comes after. I
1: I don't think they're at this time, I cannot think of a trade that could be offered that a competent GM or that an NBA GM would accept for Luca with the value of superstars in today's market um, will I think it might make sense with how hollowed out this team has become and how little they can build around Luca at this point. I truly don't know what you can do other than strike complete gold in the draft lottery and somehow find the perfect uh, fit who's immediately ready to go and complement Luca. It sounds like they probably lose Kyrie in the free agency, uh, so that's too great starting top six players in Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith just flushed down the toilet for nothing. The tanking investigation, I think, is kind of stupid. Like, if you have a system that lets you trade picks and protect them, top 10, top 3, then when it gets this close to the end of the season, you have incentivized teams so hardly, so incredibly to do their best to keep those picks and if you want that to stop you have to stop letting those kind of trades get made and the type of tanking just slightly less subtle than what other teams do under the radar uh quietly on purpose and not talked about um but silver's seeming like he's quite aggrieved about it so we'll see if that bears fruits but I-, I think the biggest disappointment of any of the 30 teams in the NBA lays on the Dallas Mavericks doorstep this season.
0: All right. I'm going to do five words or less for the rest of the teams. Sounds Uh, good. Utah jazz, fun start to season. Portland, good Lillard, bad team. Houston, let Jalen cook circus and San Antonio. Thanks, Pop. Time for Wemby.
1: Yeah, that you put the Pistons as your top destination for Wemby. It's got to be the Spurs for me.
0: Um, Elden Johnson, finish league top 20 in scoring. Shout out.
1: There you go. Okay, that's our regular season gone through. I think we managed to touch on the play-in enough there that we don't need to dedicate another segment to it. So... We'll hit pause for a sec and then tackle the awards. All right, last stretch of the pod to get through award time. So here are the official Sports Next Door award picks for the 2023 NBA regular season. Without further ado, Owen, who's your MVP?
0: Joel Embiid.
1: Anything else to say?
0: Narrative-wise, that's the pick. I'm playing right into the voter fatigue of the other two main candidates. But when you think of this season, and who is the most dominant player, it's it's Joel. Like He has the most 30 and 40 point games. His explosions were the most notable, and He showed up in in important games and had some great moments and was a driving force behind this Philadelphia team in in taking them to uh, the third seed in the East, the second-best record out of these three's teams, and the defensive presence that he also has uh, upon this season really separated himself in that final edge uh, against Jokic. Uh, And so it's he's been due for now for a couple of years he's right in that conversation and so I, I think it's finally time that he gets it
1: yeah two analogy one analogy and one comment in a vein of thought which is similar to voter fatigue but different the first came from Max Kellerman talking about judging boxing fights which when over 12 rounds, one guy seems to be just edging every round in a very competitive fight, the judges start to give the other guy some rounds just so at the end of the fight, you don't have a I don't watch enough boxing to know what the scorecard would be, but something like 120 to 108. Cause those numbers don't line up with the fight that saw, even if technically the one fighter did edge every round. Uh, It was someone who was voting for Embiid who had the other take. I can't remember who it was. But what they said was like, look, over the last five years, Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis have been the three most dominant players in the league. And in 20 years, when we're looking back, to have a situation where either Giannis and Jokic have three and Embiid has zero just does not do this era justice. And so to have the correct narrative, he was giving Embiid the vote not necessarily because he thought Embiid was definitively better than either of the two this season, but just over the last five seasons, Embiid has been within such a close margin of the other two that for him to not win it is just doesn't accurately represent what's happened in the league these past five years. I'm going to completely cop out of this one and say that my offensive most valuable player is Nikola Jokic, and that I think the MVP should be decided post-playoffs. I I don't think it necessarily has to be. I don't think it has to be the player on the team who wins the championship, but every margin, the team's winning percentage when the players were healthy, the, the points, the advanced stats, like, at any place where you find an edge for one player, you can find another edge for a diff- another player in a different area. And it just all becomes so close that I want more data. And in choosing after giving Westbrook that one MVP to focus on the teams that won and say, no, we value regular team season success, uh, I-, I think we've shifted the narrative that the MVP is about. And I think the logical shift is to continue into the playoffs because neither of these three teams have really cared all that much about the regular season. These past 10, 20 games, they've been saving up for this time, but we have this media culture, which talks about the playoffs really mattering. So when that's how we weigh success and how we talk about the NBA season, why let the most valuable narrative like be bracketed out of that if we're trying to target our MVP award to players who um, bring their teams into top three, top four positions in the league and serious playoff contention? Let's see what each of these three guys does for their teams in the playoffs and then circle back is my take. And so I genuinely don't have a vote at this time. Ooh. I said it was a cop
0: out. Yeah, I, I hard disagree on the on the MVP being given after the playoffs. That's why they have a Finals MVP. I uh, yeah, it's it's always been a regular season award. It's important to have that distinguishment because yeah. um, the team success is what shines through in the playoffs, and sometimes the most valuable player is uh, is on a team that isn't going to win the championship, which happens a lot of the time. yeah but that's what I'm
1: saying it's not but if Jokic totally flames out if the Bucks win but Embiid gives the 76ers three fantastic rounds I don't even know if that's possible or if the Bucks and 76ers would see each other in the second okay but like Embiid totally carries the 76ers through the first round they will
0: play third round my bad
1: Okay, so Embiid totally carries the 76ers through first and second round and then, um, like, totally lifts this team, brings them that close to winning against the Bucs in the third round. And it's not Giannis, but the team success of the Bucs that brings them over the edge and wins them uh, a second NBA championship. In that situation, i give Embiid the most valuable player. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say it again. Like I think our narrative has shifted to the playoffs mattering so much that when we talk about most valuable player, uh, that should be included. So who have you got for defensive player?
0: Defensive player of the year is Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies, averaging three blocks per game. Uh, it has a defensive plus-minus rating like the the Grizzlies just. They go from an average defense to the best defense when he's on the floor. And the arguments against him are the fouls, the lack of minutes played. But at his peak, no one impacts the game more on the defensive end right now than Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, some of my honorable mentions here are, are Draymond Green, uh, Bam Adebayo, Giannis, Evan Mobley, Mikhail Bridges, uh, OG Ananobi, but... Jaron Jackson is is the peak right now of of this award and uh, makes the biggest impact for his team, and, and that's why I'm going with him.
1: Rick Lopez didn't even reach your honorable mentions, eh?
0: Oh, yes, sorry. I can't, oh, okay. can't leave him off the list.
1: The only thing with Jackson for me is the sketchiness
0: of some of those blocks. Um, They're all legitimate. Mm-hmm. People have gone through and combed those I saw some stuff suggesting
1: otherwise. I'm taking OG Ananobi. I... Yes, (laughs) he is the player I have watched the most this season, and that has incredibly biased me, but you're talking about a guy who can defend literally anyone in the league, leads the league in steals, um, and and just... I, I think he... You can... Play, plug and place him on any defensive team in the league, and he just adds more than any other player. And that's my criteria.
0: That's the cool thing, Roji. That's the argument that can be made out of all of the candidates. He's the only one who specifically Nurse will put on the other team's best player in every game, right? Yeah. Like he has to guard so many different individuals, um, from a Jokic to a Harden, right? Like it it varies who he has to defend and so that is it's a great argument for him but he just it it doesn't have that same high level rating impact like on those on those metrics that that some of these other guys do
1: yeah uh, we talked briefly about the raptors system being really you have, if you haven't dotted your i's and crossed your t's perfectly your defense is going to get lit up and exposed and i think that's the big difference in a lot of those team and net ratings for og versus these other top guys um just like you said i think against any offense in the league whether it's paint focused perimeter focused pass focused uh, iso focused og over anyone else in the league will bring the most defensively uh, and is the first guy i want on the first line of defense stopping whatever the offense is um, rest of the player picks, then, before we get into our all teams.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, rookie of the year, pretty easy one. It's been decided for a while. Paulo the um, Really, the second and third place spots are the ones that have changed. It was early on in the season, Mather and Keegan Murray in those. Uh, Jalen Williams and Walker Kessler have made pushes towards the end of the season, but Paulo, with uh, the first rookie to score twenty plus since uh, Luca and and did so with seven rebounds and four assists as well. He's a ready-made perennial all-star. He's going to be such a fantastic player in this league. That one's pretty easy for me.
1: Yeah, I've really got nothing. It was just kind of unanimously, Paulo, move on.
0: Yeah. Coach of the year, Mike Brown, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Another easy one for me. Just first playoff berth uh, in a, in a very long time and, and way over exceeded expectations. The other two kind of on that, in that list, you could say, uh, Michael Malone, Joe Missoula, Budenholzer, all of the top kind of coaches there. And then I think I'd throw in Mark Daniel from the Oklahoma city thunder earning that play in spot.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of hate the formula for coach of the year. Um, but It makes 7 out of 10 cents, I'd say, and I can't think of a better one. And under that formula, Mike Brown is unanimous for it. Yeah, Um, Brings a team way, way above where they were last season that didn't make many major moves in the offseason. So you chalk a lot of that up to coaching.
0: Uh, Most improved. It's kind of a two-horse race between SGA and Larry Markkinen. I go SGA just purely because his ascension to MVP caliber ballot level guy is just a more important step than the one that Markkinen took in addition to not only scoring increasing, but the level playmaking he's required to do as well. Uh, so SGA edges out, Lowry, there for me.
1: It, I still don't really understand this award. Like, Like, is it from last season to this season is it from the start of the season to the end of the from season from last season to this season right um and it's tough to give it to guys who have changed teams especially a situation like the Jazz where it's so devoid of talent in the nicest way possible or the more politically correct way to say it would be Lowry and got a much bigger role on this team, uh, and just going from his role on the Cavs to a new role on this team gives him much more opportunity. And credit to him for making the most of that opportunity. But for Shay, who really had the same opportunity as before and took a similarly notable step, it feels a little more impressive and notable. Uh, I guess. I forgot about the clutch pick until you mentioned it on the podcast, but when I had thought about it, the stats don't lie on this one. It's Darren Fox. Yeah. I'll I'll circle one back more time back to my MVP take and say like, sometimes the stats just blow it out and make it easy. And that's when you can rely on them and don't need the do don't need more data. And for this clutch, it's Fox by a mile.
0: Sixth man of the year tough one tough one this year there yeah. uh, you got brogdon you got quickly you got norm powell uh tyus jones benedict mathren even which is cool for rookie but i'm gonna go bobby portis based on team record here uh on the bucks just he's a really impactful player um and and has been doing it now for quite a few seasons so this is more of a, a legacy six man of the year award in a sense, but. Yeah, I just I like the winning that his teams have done, so I'm going to go Bobby.
1: Yeah, and I like what a versatile player he is. I had Brogdon, I again another pick. I don't mm-hmm. really sit and dwell too hard on. I think a minutes cap would be valuable uh, in how we assess it. Um, yeah,
0: is that right. everything? We've reached all NBA.
1: All right. Um, How did you do this for positions? Because I...
0: I included the centers because it won't start until next year. Yeah. With the the top five. It it was
1: more... It was actually the point guard shooting guard that I really struggled
0: with. Uh, It's just two guard spots, really. Yeah. That's what I used it as.
1: Fair enough. All right. Uh, Let's hear your first team all NBA then with that said.
0: All right, so uh, the two easy ones off the top, I gave MV- MVP to Embiid, so he has to be first-team All-NBA, just by by rule, essentially. Uh, and then, of course, the other staple there is Giannis. Those two are easy. And then the other forward spot, of course, Tatum, who's going to be on MVP ballots. So that's really, the front court's really easy, um, depending on who your MVP pick is. And then my guards, uh, Doncic, Didn't love it based on where he ended up, but the production is just so far superior to anyone else in that guard spot. And then I went with SGA, on my first team All-NBA, just with how awesome he has been this season and the number of games played too helped him edge out some of the other guys on on the other two teams.
1: We have the exact same first team All-NBA. There you go. Um, It's a weird balance between... I'm trying to build the best five I can, and give the award to the best player in their position, and that's how I went with Embiid over Jokic. Like, Luca made it a little tough too. Like all all these guys are such ball dominant players, uh, but
0: I mean, they're the top five players in the league, right? So
1: yeah, all right, I'll give my second team All NBA. I imagine there've got to be some similarities here um well, i think i think one one pick is also debatable but i went damien lillard donovan mitchell kevin durant julius Randle, uh kevin durant i don't know how many games he played and if he's actually eligible um uh, but the
0: 50 40
1: 90 okay. yeah so i only had point...
0: one one same person here
1: Okay, and that was Jokic? Uh,
0: sorry, out of, the, out of the other four. Right, right.
1: All right, so what else so have you got?
0: Okay, so just for uh disclaimer, LeBron, KD, Harden, Kawhi, PG, and AD, none of those guys made my teams. Because of games played? Yes. Now, it does make my two guards a little bit tougher to argue. So I think the guards, the games played was a little bit less important because of how, how it was just felt a little bit weaker at the guards. But for the forwards, the, the games played really came into effect. Uh, so I had Damian Lillard as well. And then I went Ja Morant, Jalen Brown, and Jimmy Butler as uh, as my other four joining, Nikola Jokic on the All-NBA second team. Not Julius Randle, eh? Randle actually didn't make any of my teams. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's funny that I put Durant and
1: then... Didn't choose James, um, but I just Durant. Like when you have those historic number seasons, uh, puts you over the edge, and felt like he needed to be included. Um, Damian Lillard, the one we both go with, he Mm -hmm. simply I I considered putting him first team All NBA. Uh, It was a tough choice between him and Luca. It's too much losing. Yeah, it, it but. Such a tragic, it is kind of a legacy pick. Like, he's simply been too good and deserved far better this season, and like one of the biggest tragedies. Uh, so at least take (laughs) your sports next door second all NBA team spot, Dane, with some pride. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, this was what I was alluding to when I talked about struggling with guards. Like, I don't know if he'd technically more be a point guard than a shooting guard. Um, but such expectations on the calves and he really did deliver mm-hmm. uh, exactly as he was supposed to so i i think that more than earned him that second point guard spot and then randall a great season i talked about durant uh, so where did you see things differently
0: yeah jalen brown just logged up games and especially came through in games where tatum wasn't playing right this is the only team Celtics to have two players in in the All NBA teams and they're deservedly so, right? They're the they're the best two forward combo in the league, I'd say. Yeah, and and it's super impressive what Brown has done, continuing to get better when you have a top five player in the league on your team, and he averaged over twenty seven points per game. He shot incredibly efficiency. He cleaned up the handle this year and some of the turnovers while continuing to be a defensive stalwart as well for this really successful Boston Celtics team. And then Jimmy Butler, again, games played tough there, but I think he just had enough and uh, he's going to be number two on my clutch player of the year. When he plays, his numbers are off the charts. uh, And so just made it. He edged out uh, the other forwards here. For me, and then yeah, didn't go with KD with the with the games played there. But uh John Morant edged out Donovan Mitchell for me just based on slightly better record and uh and the and the higher level impact I think Morant has on elevating the ceiling of his team over Mitchell.
1: Right. Third team, I've got Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Lowry Markkanen, Pascal siakam Jeminas Dominic Demi, shoot shooting. Demonus
0: Sabonis. Okay, so our our front court is the same, which is curious. I uh, I also have Markinen, Siakam, and Sabonis. So no, Randall gets edged out by Siakam. It's truly and honestly just a homer pick. Yeah. Uh, although I can not make the argument better field goal percentage, higher assists, uh, for Siakam and and really the argument you make for Randall is the the games played 77 is a great number for the level, the amount of efficiency he put up. And he also uh, outscored Siakam slightly, but Siakam uh, took less threes. So uh, the fact that he scored with a higher percentage while shooting less three-pointers is just, it's, it's a cool stat. So I go Siakam there. Markkinen had an awesome season for Utah and it feels like you, you give him the all NBA nod over not giving him the most improved player. Sabonis has to be a third team center. I don't know who else is even in that conversation. Um, he's been just so fantastic. And then had to go Steph Curry. It's a historic season for him, and and the games played threshold is questionable. But yeah, he just a historic season, and and he's a guy who definitely deserved to be there. And then of course Mitchell, you already mentioned on your second team, don't really need to go further there. He he captured that last spot for me.
1: Yeah, Kyrie over Steph was really just games played, um, which, yeah, I I sort of hated myself making the pick, but went with it anyway. Um, you can question a lot of things with him, but certainly not the love of the game. And yeah, I, I think that about wraps it up, the Siakam versus Randall mm-hmm. debate is interesting, and. To, I had myself questioning if I should switch the two. I I do always really value playmaking, and that is a huge step forward that Siakam made this season that on its own might be enough for me to give him the nod for second team. I would have to think about that a bit more, and we'll leave it as it is. All right, I'm guessing you can guess most of my first team all-defense.
0: Okay, so I didn't do all-defense okay but i can definitely rattle it off here um
1: i'll give you mine uh first okay. and second teams so my first team i've got drew holiday anthony edwards og and i don't know if this fly i've got jaron jackson at power forward and brooke mm-hmm. lopez at center
0: there's no center restriction on the all defense
1: yeah also like i'm I... This I'm actually imagining like the dream clamp five and was thinking about synergy a little. And like if Jaron Jackson could run that, like Rob Williams power forward, uh, Ime Odoku style, that would be impossible. And then second team, I've got Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Mikael Bridges, Nick Claxton, and Rudy Gobert.
0: Edwards feels like a wild pick to me. To be uh, in your in your first team All uh, NBA, I, I... he's done well
1: in steals. And just every Timberwolves game I've watched, I've just seen a couple sequences of him absolutely clamping guys. And I've seen it like four different times in like the last minute of a game when it mattered. And so it was a familiarity bias, and I'm sure you could find other guys with other numbers and other clips to make me question it, but. uh it, it was a bit of a nod where he didn't make it anywhere else, and I felt like giving him some love and recognition, um, but maybe you would push to get him on second team.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, potentially. I, uh, I'm i going to go Drew Holiday, Alex Caruso as my other mm. guard, um, Draymond Green, Brooke Lopez, and Jaron Jackson Jr. How could you? <laughs> as uh, as the as the starting five and then second team here uh will we'll go with uh Derek White I think has been a really awesome defensive player this season god who can i throw into that other other spot it's so tough yeah i almost want to give it to Josh Hart for the effort that he's had i don't know if he necessarily counts as a guard um, I'd say KCP's up there for me, and then you've got Ananobi, of course. You got Evan Mobley, uh, and then I guess finish the list off with Nick Claxton has had a really great season defensively. How are you doing? Doing great. That's all the awards. We got through it. Boston got- Bruins just, uh, just set NHL record for most wins in a season. Got Blue Jays winning a 12-11 thriller in in extra innings, really fun day of NBA action, and uh, I watched the celebration of one Israel Adesanya after finally overcoming the the mountain that was Pereira. Oh my! Goodness. Really fun fun sports weekend. Not even mentioning the Masters wrapping up with John Rahm taking that title. So incredible sports weekend. Arsenal winning as well. We're we're all over the place here, but. We deep dove the NBA, we got it out of the way, and I'm so ready for the playoffs.
1: Next up on Sports Next Door will be the NBA playoffs. Um, Well, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, you will probably know whether or not there is other content this week talking about some of the other things Owen just mentioned. So maybe there, maybe talking NBA playoffs. Till next time, Sports Next Door signing out. You get to the station, there's this crazy sound. Hey, man, this ain't no fishing town. Yeah, they're fishing, that ain't all. They're all.